Welcome to episode number 101. We're in the triple digits, people. And what do you know about inflammation? It's something we hear a lot about in the news and by health experts on socials. And you've probably heard that it's sometimes good and mostly not good. So today's episode is going to help you to understand what inflammation is exactly, but also how excess body fat and diets that contain particular foods perpetuate the cycle of inflammation that lead to even more weight gain and sets you up perfectly for both aging and chronic disease. So if you want to know how to not have those things happen, then this episode is for you. Let's jump into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? How exciting that we are above 100 episodes. It's crazy, but I'm definitely pumped about it. It's amazing. Uh, as you know, it's my mission this year to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want before December 2020. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to do a quick shout out to the crew from the USA. Some big love to you guys. The US listener numbers have jumped up almost to Australian listener numbers. So I just wanted to acknowledge and say, I see you, USA. And I like what I'm seeing. (laughs) All right, let's get into the interview, which is with an amazing fat cell researcher and clinical nutrition consultant from the USA. On the show today, we have Dr. Laurie Shemek, who holds a PhD and is not only a fat cell researcher, but also a weight loss expert, keynote speaker, award-winning author, and recognized authority on inflammation, and specifically its role in weight loss, preventing disease, and optimizing health. She's also the best-selling author of How to Fight Fat Flammation, as well as the best-selling author of Fire Up Your Fat Burn. Dr. Laurie Shemek has been featured on The Doctor's TV, which is a super famous TV show in the US, where we saw her arguing in defense of intermittent fasting against some doctors that totally disagreed with the practice. So I know that you and I are both going to love Laurie based solely on that already. (laughs) But she was also featured on, and hold up for this list, it's a long one. ABC TV, Good Morning Texas, CNN, Time, NPR and Fox News, The Ricky Lake Show, Oprah.com, Dr. Oz's Good Life magazine, NBC Today, Shape, Woman's Day, Ladies Home Journal, Men's Health, Closer Magazine, Yahoo.com, Fitness Magazine, Everyday Health, Eat This, Not That. And she is one of the primary health experts to contribute to the Huffington Post. And honestly, there are so many other things on this list. It's so impressive. (laughs) The Huffington Post, in fact, recognized Dr. Shemek twice as one of the top health and fitness experts, as well as one of the top diet nutrition experts in the world. Dr. Shemek is known as the Inflammation Terminator. She has made it her mission to educate the public on the toxic effects of certain foods and lifestyle choices and how they create inflammation in the body, resulting in weight gain and poor health which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. And interesting to know that Laurie and I connected as co-speakers on the Quit Sugar Summit, which was early in 2020 and a massively successful seven-day-long online event. And a big shout-out to Mike Collins and Danielle Dame for that gig. And so, without further ado, a big warm welcome, Laurie. How are you? 
Hi, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here with you. I've been looking Yay. forward to this connection. Me too. Yeah. So we have a lot of similar interests. So that's, that's great. Oh, absolutely. We're probably going to geek yeah. out. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get interested in this field in the beginning? Well, you know, um, I grew up with a mother who was very unhealthy. And most of the memories I have of my poor mother are of her being ill with one health condition after another. And I remember often just wa- walking into her room, seeing her lay- laying in the dark suffering. And so because my mother was not available uh, much of the time, I took over the role of caring for my two younger brothers. And that... Uh, that plus my own desire to be healthy, which was seems like I was born that way, <laughs> um, prompted me to uh, choose this path. And so because of my mother's choices, she was uh, verging on obesity. She smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. Her diet was horrible, you know, coffee and coffee cake in the morning. Sugar was the primary component. And she uh, was under chronic stress. So you can imagine the kind of stress one would be under trying to raise three young children all on your own. She had no family support. Everybody was out of state. and My father was missing from the picture. We had very little money, like almost none. And so you just combine all of that with her health conditions. And very sadly, she died at the young age of 36, leaving behind three young children with literally literally nowhere to go. And so it became my mission at a young age to help, excuse me, to help people understand that they do have choices in life. They do not have to feel like this because this disease runs in my family that I'm stuck with it. This is that like my mother did. She felt like this was the hand I was dealt and there was nothing she could do about it. So I wanted to really really get it out there that people really do have choices. And so it became a mission of mine to to really educate people on inflammation and the ravages of it. So we can stop it. Uh, we want some, but we really don't want a lot, right? So if there's a, there's really this one, this line that once it crosses that threshold, you're in trouble. And so uh, that's really important for people to know, I think. And, um, and I've been doing that ever since. So I went to, I, I got my doctorate in psychology and, uh, you know, really counseled troubled families, at-risk families, really. And I would change their eating their, their dietary choices, give them literally a grocery list because I knew the difference. They were eating refined junk, sugar, all of that. And when they did, it was truly astounding. The, the changes in their energy level, their motivation, the kindness, that the, the compassion that they shared uh, for their children, their children's behavior changed as well. So, you know, as I mentioned, I had have always had an interest in health. Um, you could see me reading medical books, big, fat medical books at the age of nine, right? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> M- mostly looking at the pictures, <laughs> which is not a good thing to do. Um, but these, unfortunately, um, 
you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really, uh, it's really important, I think, for people to know what this inflammation is all about. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So I, uh, decided to start my own company and, uh, I became vice president of that company, uh, and decided to start my own company. And so I went back to school, got my nutrition degree and life coaching degree and using my background in psychology. Here I am today. Yeah, wow, that's a really deep, deep story and interesting <laughs> that, um, you know, obviously you did your doctorate in psychology, but yeah. obviously, you know, a lot of people are victim for the rest of their life to yeah. their childhood trauma and you sort of come out of that trauma either becoming the tyrant or the damage or the perpetrator or you become out being the opposite and doing everything you can to not not be in that situation. So, it's so great that you uh, Very true, were on Maddie. that side of things. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, you ha- you do have choice, right? And so if I had been wiser, and I knew more back then, I would have counseled my mother, but you, you really don't have much um, really power to do that when you're that young. So yeah, absolutely. Well, but now I do. Let's get into what exactly is inflammation, because everybody's heard it like before on the news, inflammatory foods, inflammatory diets, inflammatory lifestyles. But what exactly is it? So, you know, and I know you know this, but for for our listeners that may not know it, uh, there's two different, there's actually three different types of inflammation, okay? So, the first type is called acute inflammation, and that's an important type of inflammation. We need it. It's a good thing. It helps us heal. So, um, we may, you know, it's that, that cut on your finger, it's that scraped knee, it's that terrible head cold or that black and blue sprained ankle. That is is acute inflammation. And despite the fact that it's uncomfortable, it doesn't feel good. It's a necessary part of our immune system. We need it in order to heal. Without it, we're sitting ducks, really. And um, so, you know, you can take that cut on the finger. When you cut your finger, an enormous amount of inflammatory molecules are released. And soldiers, if you will, rush to the site to repair the wound. They repair the wound, the wound heals, the soldiers go away, the inflammation goes away, and all is well right? So that's acute inflammation. The next type of inflammation is called silent or chronic inflammation or sometimes low-grade inflammation. And this type of inflammation is, uh, its very name suggests danger, silent, because, for example, 75% of Americans have no idea they're walking around with this type of inflammation. It is the core underlying cause of most illness, disease, faster aging and weight gain. And very sadly, um, again, many people do not realize they have this brewing inside of them. So uh, unlike acute inflammation, which emits just a, uh, an, an enormous amount of inflammatory molecules, silent inflammation emits just a trickle. And you would think, well, this is better, right? It's just a trickle. But it isn't because it goes on 24-7 unbeknownst to you. And the sad part is the symptoms or the uncomfortable feelings or the, the, the condition that's starting to manifest um, doesn't really, you, that's when you feel it is when it, the condition starts to manifest, right? But not early on. And so you can look at silent inflammation like having a sore on the inside of your body that never heals unless you intervene. And that's a really important point. So when you see people 
that uh, die of a heart attack or a stroke. And so these are examples, a heart, heart disease, stroke, um, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoporosis, obesity, type 2 diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. You name it, you know, low-level inflammation, COVID, <laughs> for the most part, um, is part of this type of inflammation. So we want to, you know, really cut it at the core. We want to make sure that we prevent this type of inflammation from cascading in our bodies. And from an evolutionary perspective, because I often like to look at how humans are sort of designed to be, what is the purpose of this chronic inflammation? If, like, Why do we have that mechanism? Right. So what, what happens is it's an important mechanism, right? So it's, it's alerting the, the cells. So when there is cellular distress... Um, the essentially mitochondria is a sensing signal as well. So when there's distress within cellular distress, that means the body uh, shifts into action and the signals start and the inflammation then is turned on in order to uh, heal the body, to, to protect the body and heal the tissues. Yeah, absolutely. The host, the human being. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes total sense. And I guess yeah. the biggest issue, and I guess probably why we were both on the Quit Sugar Summit, is at the minute people's diets and lifestyle are contributing to their body being constantly inflamed, right? Right, absolutely. And what's, what's the common for, well, I guess Americans are very similar to Australians in the way that they, they live and most of the Western world. In your experience, what is the sort of top causes that you know, people are doing to their body every day that they might not even be aware of? Oh, that's, you know, that's a really good question because a lot of people are, for example, sedentary. They're, they're at a desk all day. They have no idea how much damage this is doing, how much inflammation is occurring simply by sitting all day, watching Netflix, you know, for hours or movies or whatever you're doing um, is causing inflammation, cellular inflammation in the body because the body is meant to move. And, um, you know, the, the statistics about uh, what happens to the body are horrific. You know, your metabolism drops. I can't remember the exact statistic, but very quickly things start to change within 20 minutes. You know, it's, it's horrendous. So, you know, that's one. Uh, another one is the amount of sugar. I don't know what the statistics are for Australia, but in America, um, the average American ingests 156 pounds of sugar a year. You know, back in uh, the early 1900s, it was just three pounds of sugar a year, right? Two, yeah. I think, two to three pounds. Now it's 156 pounds. And that's astonishing. And it's, un it's very sad. So th the problem is not so much that, you know, that they're going out and ingesting all of these desserts and candies, etc. It's coming from the food manufacturers. These people are ingesting this much sugar because they're ingesting um, processed, refined foods. And uh, we have a food supply that is just packed with sugar. We have, um, you know, ketchup and we our bread, two slices of 
whole wheat bread can raise your blood sugar as much as two tablespoons of sugar. Um, you know, if you drink a soda, I'm sure yours is the same. It's same everywhere, I think. Yeah, same uh, 10 to 15 tablespoons of sugar per can or bottle. Um, and the fruited yogurts have more sugar than a candy bar. And, uh, you know, it's just fruit juice. People think that's a healthy food as well. So you think about the average person who goes to the supermarket who wants to be healthy. They pick up a loaf of whole wheat bread, some juice and some yogurt, right? And they think, oh, I'm, I'm choosing healthy when in fact, all inflammation, those foods are packed with inflammation. So it's that those are really, uh, examples of foods that people are ingesting. Now, I didn't even get to the really highly junk foods, right? The pizzas and the, you know, all of that. I often say to people that uh, there's the body interprets things in two ways, whatever it, it takes in, and that's either a nutrient or a toxin. And, and when we put in something that falls into the a toxin category, which is often like a lot of these refined sugars, you know, we switch on the defense mechanisms of the body and we switch on the de- detoxification pathways and, and our body uses the energy to sort of fight the introduction of that particular thing instead of obviously just absorbing nutrients and using it for improving the body and building it up. And so, I think uh, the sugar is laden in so many of our products now, even the healthy ones, it gets into everything that it's just so challenging to avoid, uh, to avoid consuming things that don't contain these, you know, sort of toxic foods that stimulate our inflammation and our immune system and our, res- our detox responses. Yeah, and that's a really important point. Um, you know, for example, when you ingest sugar or say refined flours, uh, you are literally damaging your mitochondria. And this is extremely important because your mitochondria uh, create ATP within the cell, which is our cellular energy, without which we would not be alive, right? So it's extremely important that we take care of those mitochondria. And the one way to absolutely harm them is to ingest sugar. And we don't want to do that. So what we want to do is we want to, and this is how I really like to talk about it, is to build cellular health. When you look at your health from a cellular perspective, and uh, that's a bit geeky, but it's true, (laughs) you can do that, Um, then things begin to change. And then you start to think, oh, you know, how is this going to affect the mitochondria in my cell? you know, or my cells. And that changes the whole scenario. Yeah, the impact of the mitochondria is obviously massive, uh, you know, especially with the production mm-hmm. of advanced glycation end products um, or AGEs, mm-hmm. ages, which is ironic because it causes the body to age. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so. Uh, it, that's, a, that's a really important point as well. You know, you, you think about um, inflammaging, it's called where, you know, it's part of one of the hallmarks of aging, the theories of aging. And it's the, this inflammation, which in my personal opinion, I believe is at the heart of aging anyway. And so, um, you know, as we age, we build up a lot of gunk and muck in within the cell, you know, with all the machinations of the mitochondria, cellular uh, activity going on, and, uh, and much more, these cells begin to um, build up a lot of uh, oxidative stress, etc, ROS, and all of it contributes to inflammation and aging. 
And that's why um, I'm a firm believer in intermittent fasting, as many people are now becoming more aware of. It's, in my opinion, a great way to detox. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's two things I wanted to talk about that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to learn more for for the listeners to learn more about the mitochondria because in the context of inflammation and high sugar diets, because we're finding out obviously now the research is showing that almost all diseases and we've had Dr. Nasha Winters talking about the metabolic approach to cancer and and so many diseases come down to at the core mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, And so what what is the impact of high sugar diets and obviously constant or chronic inflammation in the body on the mitochondrial cell, which is obviously the powerhouse of our cell, the reason that we all have the energy to wake up and do, our, do everything in the day? Right. So when you're doing that, you're harming your mitochondria. And, and it's not, you know, it's, it could be sugar, it could be something, it could be your, you have a sedentary, it could be a combination of a lot of things that, you know, the types of foods you eat that are harming your mitochondria, your environment is a whole, uh, is important as well. And so what happens is, is the mitochondria are a, a sensing organelle, right? A sensing, uh, if you in ancient bacteria, if you want to look at it that way, and they have their own DNA, and they um, are very good at, at keeping our body uh, uh, in a homo- homeostatic basis. Okay, so when there's trouble a brew, then the mitochondria can can help with all of that by churning out more ATP or whatever it needs to do to help, and this causes. Um, the mitochondria to create more uh, byproducts, if you will, within the cell. And so uh, what happens is, is if there is trouble within the body, all the cells um, begin to become distressed. And if it, you know, if the mitochondria can't do anything about it, it becomes I let's say stressed, okay, and begins, it's called cell danger response or CDR is what happens. And the brain um, thinks that there's trouble going on. So uh, this enormous amount of chronic low-grade inflammation is happening. And so ATP is then created outside of the, mit- the mitochondria and uh, it's, it becomes a real problem for the body until we intervene and we stop this this cascade of inflammation. And depending upon if you have an autoimmune disease or um, any type of illness, it uh, may take time for that to happen to turn that CDR off. But once the brain gets the message that everything's okay, everything calms down, then the inflammation goes away. So the mitochondria have a huge role to play in how healthy we are. And that's why I always say it's important to really look to your cellular health um, in terms of optimizing your health, your weight, your mental well-being, everything. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. 
And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, I think supporting the mitochondrial function and an appropriate function is is really, really important for good health across the board. And obviously, inflammation is essentially across the board of illnesses and diseases. So, it's t- totally related, right? right so, But right. you mentioned in there um, that um, the, the byproducts of of uh, cellular metabolism in the mitochondria um, and, you know, the byproducts are potentially damaging, which leads me to ask of uh, your opinion about the ketogenic diet because obviously the approach with that is that the um, the glycolysis to ketogenesis byproducts are less in a ketogenic diet and is that also the same reason that you um, are a big fan of intermittent fasting because it reduces the capacity for the mitochondria to produce these byproducts? Right, yes. And so what, what's happening? So let's start with um, with intermittent fasting. So when you are not eating, all the magic happens, right? You have um, your glucose is flat, your insulin is flat, everything it has Stop so your body can then repair and work, uh, uh, work upon itself cellular, its cellular health. So all the cells go into cleanup mode, uh, what they refer to quite often as cellular housekeeping, right? It's called autophagy. And that's a real, that in part of that gunk and muck is mitochondrial byproducts, right? The, the oxidation, the ROS, etc. And also there's, there are other things going on, um, you know, like senescent cells, for example, that happen within the body. These cells decay, they die, um, they just, they don't die. That's the problem. <laughs> they they uh, just keep sending out these distress signals. I'm dying. And all the other cells are getting worried. And so that's causing a lot of inflammation. And that's another uh, um, hallmark of aging is senescent cells. And so uh, right now, science is working on um, trying to find a way to get rid of these senescent cells in the body. And I feel that once they do, things are really going to change for human beings in terms of health and, and other areas. But, uh, so that, uh, is uh, again, really an important point. So, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much, and then there are other areas that cause, uh, issues with cellular health as well. I like to describe the uh, senescent cells as the stoned guy at the party. He's just walking around, not not really engaging <laughs> right. with anybody. The zombie, <laughs> yeah, the zombie. Right. And and that's the thing with yeah. um with yeah. carrying excess body fat. Of course, as you know that 
with that low-grade inflammation going on constantly, it means our immune system progresses towards immunosenescence much faster. And there was a study done a couple of years ago that showed that a 21-year-old male that is classified as obese has the same immunosenescent level as a 57-year-old woman. So I, I, I like to describe it by saying literally your immune system has just essentially gets a specific number of of battles and if you have low-grade inflammation happening all the time caused by the excess strain on your fat cells whatever it might be then your immune system goes into those battles obviously as soon as they come up but say your immune cells have a hundred battles in them over the lifetime your lifetime if you've got this low-grade inflammation you hit that 100 battle mark and then they're just zombies then after that Right. That's a really great point. That is so true. And it's, that's why it's so key to really, um, keep everything optimized, stay one step ahead. And I like to, you know, talk about, um, muscle mass, you know, with people, because a lot of people don't realize that our muscles promote an anti-inflammatory effect with myokines and it, which bumps up uh, a lot of important, uh, uh, features of optimal health within the body. So, you know, when we, and I know you know this, but when we don't have enough muscle, then we become frail and we think the, our metabolism slows down and our immune system has become depleted. So you can imagine that if you, um, say you didn't have enough muscle mass and you got hurt, you went into the hospital, you wouldn't have enough sustenance within those muscles to keep you healthy uh, for the time you're in the hospital. So it's, that's why I say it's so important to stay ahead and uh, optimize cellularly. Yeah, muscle is certainly the uh, component of longevity that the body needs more right. of in comparison to fat. <laughs> Yeah, that is so true. Um, we're more focused on fat, and I am part of this. I'm part to blame, you know, because I've written a whole book on, you know, fat inflammation, and uh, which is very important to note. That's the third type of inflammation I was going to talk about. Um, but it's, you know, honestly, it, it is so important to health. The research that's coming out on muscle is crucial for everyone to know that. When you have enough muscle in your body, then you ha- you are more insulin sensitive, and you're just you you ha- you apparently uh, research shows you're living longer. When you have better grip strength, when you're stronger, you li- it shows you have a longer health span and lifespan. So muscle is key. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like we're not over fat; we're under muscled. Yes, exactly. Right. Good one. That's the positive perspective. (laughs) If we can just lose the weight and get that muscle, we're good to go. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess this comes back to your initial uh, comment about not being sedentary and moving our bodies and and obviously Mm -hmm. putting our bodies and and muscles under tension so that they're forced to grow, you know, whether that be weightlifting, cardio. I mean, obviously, weightlifting is going to be really favorable to our muscle mass. Um, But yeah, those things. And not light, no light weightlifting. You want enough to really absolutely yeah challenge your muscles yeah and with the contraction you with each contraction you are promoting myokines right which are having an optimizing cellular 
effect in the body. Yeah, absolutely. So, and so for the listeners, yeah. what where should we start with our nutrition? Like to start reducing this chronic low grade inflammation that people just have, you know, bubbling away in the background. Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. Um, so, let I'd like to start with so that they understand what happens when they're eating these kinds of unhealthy foods and what those are, right? Sounds good. So, yeah. So, um, we have about 100 billion fat cells throughout our body, right? And they're all about the size of a period on the end of a sentence when healthy. But with the types of foods most people are eating and that, and we've discussed some of them here today, uh, the sugar, the refined processed foods, anything that's, you know, the omega, the high omega-6 refined oils. A lot of people refer to them as seed oils, but I don't think most people understand what seed oils are. So I like to explain that it's canola oil, which most people think, oh, that's a healthy oil, you know, but it isn't. It's yeah. one of the most vegetable oils. They, yeah. They're vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's exactly. And there's not a vegetable in there. Um, so vegetable oils, seed oils, soy oil research just came out showing how soy interferes with brain function. It's destroying our brains. And soy oil is in almost every product out there. Okay. Canola oil and soy oil. Um, and, uh, corn oil is another one, vegetable oil, as you mentioned, corn oil is commonly used as well. So those are the four biggies. Uh, the other ones are, you know, like grapeseed oil, etc. Those are refined as well. I, I prefer people stay away from them, but the, the four that I've mentioned are really important to not use. Um, yeah, they're so, so very damaging. Oh, so, you know, honestly, if people just cut those out of their diet, um, their, their health and their weight would change. Just like stopping, uh, drinking sodas. When you stop drinking sodas, your weight changes as well. Your health, you're reversing this inflammation. So, um, with the ingestion of these types of foods, these unhealthy foods, it, your, your fat is being, um, um, it's a, a, a storage depot of all sorts of compounds like glucose and fat and um, arachidonic acid and all sorts of lovely things um, that are creating a bloated, infected fat cell that's becoming larger and larger and larger. And it's it's acting as if it's infected. So uh, the unfortunately, it's like a vicious cycle that the more um, you eat of the of these foods, the bigger the fat cell gets. And what's happening is the, these fat cells are secreting inflammatory molecules. And this has a metabolic effect that slows down the metabolism, leading to weight gain. But as you can see, it, you can't feel it. You can see it, but you can't feel it. And people don't realize that it's a chronic type of inflammation that's going on in the body. And as we, if people are understanding that it is inflammatory now, that they're hearing that weight gain is inflammatory now, but that's why, because it's, it, it's circulating throughout the body and, and it, it doesn't stop there because it can set up, as I, I mentioned earlier, health conditions down the road. I was going to say, and this is why it's so challenging because they're self-perpetuating problems is that, you know, the problem causes more of the problem and it's just like this spiral down. And that's why I think it can be so challenging for people to get out of that spiral. And that's an important point to make that not one single 
area of our body is disconnected, right? So that if you're eating this way that's bloating these fat cells, inflaming these fat cells, you're also uh, creating a poor gut health. Your gut health is the epicenter, if you will, of most... uh, of every area of the body, your mental well-being, your immunity, 80% of your immune system resides within the gut, uh, 90% of the serotonin made within the body is within the gut, our, you know, we have brain cells in the lining of our gut, and much more. Our weight is determined by the amount, the abundance of healthy gut bacteria that we have. So the problem is when we eat sugar and we eat these other, these, um, um, unhealthy foods, these oils and things, we are literally feeding the unhealthy gut bugs. So these unhealthy gut bugs love sugar. They need it in order to survive. And somebody says, well, how should I clean up my gut? And I say, the first step is to stop feeding them. Literally. When you stop feeding them, they die, <laughs> go away, <laughs> right? And things change for you. But so um, there's a there's a compound when you ingest an excess amount of omega six fat and from like these oils. Um, I don't worry about omega six from healthy sources like nuts and seeds and things like that at all. It's just the unhealthy uh, processed sources. Uh, but um, yeah, when you there's a compound called arachidonic acid that's created and it's stored within the fat cell, right? And the fat cell does not like arachidonic acid. And so it begins again to even act up more and, and spew out more inflammatory molecules and again, uh, more metabolism slowdown. So this is especially true of people who are obese, in fact. Yeah, and I think as well the for to let people know that the programming of the gut microbiome is one hundred percent possible through diet, and and particularly through uh, you know nutrient dense whole yes. real foods, especially as the first right. meal, because the first meal the gut uh, microbiome and bacteria and fungus are at their most hungry, just like you are, right? Just like we all are before our first right. meal, and so that's when you have the biggest opportunity. And I do this with clients as well. That's when you have the biggest opportunity to re program their fuel source into whole real foods and mm-hmm. and also introducing something like um, fermented foods which have you know all of these naturally occurring healthy bacteria at that first meal I think is really powerful in reprogramming that gut microbiome to start craving the right fuel sources oh that's really great information yes for people to use yeah and when once you start doing that once you start getting rid of all the unhealthy foods you start adding in the healthy foods and you replace you replace a lot of those unhealthy oils, you know, do you do what's called an oil change, like you do on your car, you do it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you add in some avocado oil or some olive oil or coconut oil or butter or ghee, um, you know, tallow, lard, any of those types of oils are fantastic for your health, your cellular health, your cellular membrane, which is where all the action is happens. And is the most really important part. Um, that in mitochondrial health, in fact, that all of that is uh, crucial, you know, um, to for all of us to live optimally. So we want we want to get rid of the vegetable oils. We right. want to get rid of the sugar. <laughs> but what are your go to healthy foods? Oh, my go to healthy foods. So I am a meat eater, right? And so I'm not plant based. I am mostly like uh, mostly plants with some meat. 
and that's about what I eat, right? So the my me too. Yeah, and um, and I'm and I feel absolutely healthy and and fine. So that's really important to add in healthy fats. Like you can get that from nuts and seeds and avocados, and again the oils I mentioned Co- earlier. Coconut. Yeah, coconut is fantastic. Um, so those are those are good healthy choices to make. Whole eggs are fantastic. Anything, like you said, Maddie, earlier, anything that's whole food is great for you. Um, now, there's different factions of people that groups of people. So either carnivore or they're keto or low carb or, you know, vegetarian <laughs> yeah. or So or many whatever. categories. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, you know, it, every, everybody's unique. Everyone is different. And so not one way is going to work for everybody, but there are generalities. And so I, you know, I've done enough research where I know that if you are having gut trouble, severe gut health uh, issues, then maybe not eating any vegetables is good for you for a while to reset your gut, to give it a rest from metabolizing those uh, foods. But, um, but for example, the ketogenic diet, I firmly believe in. I just released a book called The Ketogenic Key on it. And uh, it's, uh, very, it's based on a lot of research, recent research as well, that shows how effective it really is in promoting optimal health and cellular health, which is what I talk about. And um, I also wrote a book called The Beginner's Guide to Intermittent Fasting, which I strongly believe in, as we talked about. And so, yeah. Me too. Very passionate. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's it's really the way to go. I think, you know, my book, The Ketogenic Key, talks about um, giving you the option. If you don't like the ketogenic diet, and a lot of people can't sustain it for a long time, uh, you have options. So I talk about intermittent fasting as a way to get into ketosis, which is the key, by the way. Um, Ketosis and exogenous ketones, which are supplemental ketones, um, and exercise. Or you can combine all four of them. You can combine two of them. It doesn't matter. But the good news is that you have choices, and that's what's most important. And I found actually people are more apt to use intermittent fasting than they are to go low carb because very low carb because the ketogenic diet is 50 grams or under, and to get into deeper ketosis, it's like 20 grams and under, which is nothing, you know. <laughs> and so that's what's hard for many people. Yeah, absolutely. People. And that can be challenging, particularly for women throughout mm. their menstrual cycle as well. Right. That's another, that's another, uh, and same with intermittent fasting as well. It's, um, there are ways I talk about in the book to get around that, but, um, you know, you want to make sure that whatever you do, that you do it slowly and you don't dive into it. That's why I wrote the beginner's guide to intermittent fasting, because I don't want my readers to just like dive into intermittent fasting or the ketogenic diet when the average person eats 300 grams of carbohydrates a day. Uh, That's not going to work. It's going to fail and they'll never do it again. And they're missing out on this huge opportunity to optimize their health. 
and weight. Yeah, I use this. I use the approach of yeah. uh, one tweak a week when it comes to introducing any of these oh, new dietary that. approaches to everybody. So, yeah. especially intermittent fasting, because I try and avoid the toxic diet culture approach as much as possible. So, I get people to monitor for a week or two their normal schedule, so we know the baseline that we're actually moving from, and then I say, okay, we're going to shift the intermittent fasting window one hour. We're just going to move at one hour. That's what I do as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I actually start them um, by not, uh, you know, showing them that uh, when you remove snacking, for example, initially, um, that's like a huge thing, right? When you, that means that you're not bumping up that insulin uh, for those few hours. And that's huge because that's training the body to go, okay, I'm used to this. You know, I can go a couple hours without any food. And, um, and then that, and then the, the delaying breakfast, for example, by an hour, yep. you know, is very effective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. looking forward, I'm really mm-hmm. curious of, of your opinion of what the next controversial topic in nutrition is going to be. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think it is literally, I really believe it's the carnivore diet. I really believe that. I thought you'd say that. Yeah, because there isn't any research to speak of on it, right? We have no long-term studies. We have no idea what's what's happening with it. And people are diving into it like crazy, and they're seeing all of these wonderful beneficial effects. And yet, who knows how it's going to work out in the future. So... Yeah, maybe it's like the vegan diet that, you know, one to two year honeymoon period that people are experiencing right Right. now and the nutritional deficiencies will happen in a couple of years. Yeah, they're living off their uh, endogenous antioxidant storage is what's happening. That's what I think as well. Yeah. But there are people that have been doing it for like, you know, 10 years and Mm. they're fine. (laughs) We shall see. Yeah, I saw a talk at Low Carb Down Under and it was a woman that had been doing carnivore for 20 years. Wow. It's crazy. And she was healthy and vibrant. And all. Well, she she looked healthy and vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, anecdotes are obviously great and motivating, but there's until we have a you know enough anecdotes to call it a study, we Thank can't you. make any decisions. Really, yes, exactly. I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. So yeah, I know yeah. I know what's healthy, what humans are meant to eat. And I believe that we need quality protein. You know, I talked about the muscle prior. Uh, muscle needs to be uh, activated and it needs nutrition, right? So it needs protein, quality protein in order to do that. So yeah, quality protein meaning it plant, I mean, um, animal based. Eat some plants, eat some animals, and you'll be fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> um, so where right. can the listeners find you online? Well, they can find me at my website, drlaurieshemek.com. And they can find me on Twitter. I put out uh, daily motivating tips to for, for all types of uh, easy tips to apply. Um, at Lori Shemek is my Twitter name. My Instagram name is Dr. Lori Shemek. And my Facebook name is Dr. Lori Shemek as well. 
Perfect. And for everybody listening, if you've loved this episode and want to share it with a friend or family or your social media following, just take a screenshot and share it into your story and tag both myself and Laurie. Laurie's handles and information will be in the show notes below. And to wrap up, Laurie, I'd love to ask you, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? I wish people knew more about their cellular health. You knew I was going to say that, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know. I sound like a you know, repeating machine. Um, but yeah, I wish, I wish more people would learn about uh, their, their cellular health because when they understand what goes on like with the mitochondria, they'll never want to harm it again. Yeah, perfect. I love that. Mitochondrial health is so, so, so important. So thank you so much for being here, Laurie. I've loved hanging out. I hope that we can um, organize one in the future. Oh, me too, Maddie. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much and we'll catch you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.